Hey, welcome to Cold Turkey Podcast. Tonight, I'm with Roman. Um, when I say tonight, is because I record at night. Um, yeah, I just recorded my episode with Roman. It was, uh, <laughs> I think I say that every week, but it was an interesting conversation, a fascinating conversation. We talked about sexual addiction. Um, and the reason why I say it's so fascinating is that um, Roman has had such a casual way of describing is sexual addiction that it it took everything that's taboo about it and you know because of that it made me so open-minded about having you know like having all these questions in my head that you know like i felt fully comfortable to ask and um that's what made it so great you know like it's it's because uh roman had no shame and no uh wasn't shy and sharing you know like um how we felt and, you know, like how, how we behaved through all of that. And, um, yeah, I mean, like it, it was so great, you know, like talking about all of this. And um, I think you're going to, you know, like you're going to enjoy that. Uh, I think everyone of you is going to enjoy that. Um, the last thing I want to say is that, you know, like there's always uh, an open invitation of any one of you that wants to participate in a podcast. You know, like I'm, I'm always about broadening my, 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 my knowledge and experience and curiosity of, you know, like anyone that has gone through um, a difficult time and has overcame it. Uh, and, um, and so that being said, you know, I can, you can drop me a DM, you can send me a message, whatever, by whatever mean, um, and you can do this through my, my website, which is podcastcoldturkey.com. And um, if it's not that, you know, like I encourage you to share the podcast, let the podcast known to your friends, family, and anyone that's close to you that would appreciate and enjoy and, and actually you know, like get some benefits from listening to um, any of my guests. And so, um, and I thank you for it. And so without further ado, here's Roman. Enjoy. Hi, Roman. How you doing? Hi, Alex. I, I'm... I'm, I'm excellent, and I'm so so excited about our interview today. Well, it's a pleasure. You know, like I'm, I'm like I told you right before the recording. For me, it's just <clears throat> it's it's expanding my listeners' uh, horizon on you know like ways that you can make your life better. And you know, like I'm 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 having a blast doing it. You know, so so it's a great pleasure and a great honor for me to have you on. So, um, my question, my first question is twofold. Um, you know, like, and I've been starting asking that question since last March, but you know, like I, I feel that I have to keep asking that question because I have, um, I'm, I'm greatly worried about, you know, like, you know, like, um, our sobriety or, 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 or state of mind and the actual world, world situation. But my question is twofold. First of all, where are you located and how has the pandemic been for you? Uh, I'm located in Toronto, Ontario, and so far I have been blessed not to be touched by COVID at all. So, and right now I'm we're in lockdown here in Ontario, and I'm also looking forward to get a vaccine. I hope that I will do it quickly, and I will not get COVID. 
after all. That'd be great. Um, the, the other question I have around that subject matter is, um, how has this whole situation been impacting your um, your sobriety or your state of your mental health? You know, overall, I'm fine, but I, I do definitely feel feel the pressure of having to stay at home, especially now that we're in, in this total lockdown. We're not supposed to go outside at all. No, it wasn't good. It's, and also, you know, I moved to Canada just two years ago, less than two years ago from Russia. And, you know, I feel pretty lonely, still pretty lonely. And this this COVID crisis has probably exacerbated my loneliness a little bit. And 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 Roman, the the reason why I'm asking, you know, like I told you earlier, that you know, like my my sponsor is quite involved in. Um, he has like a lot of sponsees, and um, you know, like he's involved. He's quite involved in in you know, like giving giving back. You know, like so he receives like tons of calls a day. And um, we spoke this morning, and he was telling me that you know, like he's he's overwhelmed by people calling him that are either relapsing. Or, I would say suicidal. Actually, you know, like so, so Whoa. yeah, you know, like and 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 that's that's pretty much why I'm asking it. You know, like the reason why I'm asking is that um, it worries me a lot. Where you know, like what's gonna outweigh that balance of, um, you know, like it, it's obviously a severe sickness. It's a severe cold, and people die from it. But um, will mental health the mental health situation outweigh at some point the situation that COVID has brought in terms of this 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 sickness. So, um, you know, like I'm gonna pe I'm gonna be keeping to ask that question for a while now because you know, like it, it worries me a lot that you know, like um, it it fragilizes um, people' um, state and and you just described it. You know, like it it. It has amplified your loneliness, for example, and you know, like uh, I'm, I'm guessing that you know, like if you were maybe more fragile, um, there would be reasons to be worried and to be, to 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 uh, to care and to um, to look up to you, you know. Like so, I don't know what you think about that, but you know, like for me, it's just it worrisome. Absolutely, I totally agree, and I appreciate your for asking this question. And I've actually seen this in my clients. I have seen more clients relapsing in their addictions. And I, I oftentimes work with porn, porn and masturbation addiction. So I've seen more relapses there. And especially because people are supposed to stay at home, they feel lonely. And when they feel lonely, that's, you know, jerking, jerking out seems a very good, you know, escape for from that feeling yeah yeah for sure i mean like there, there's no doubt that um whatever it is you know like food sex um online browsing um netflix you know like whatever it is you know like you can binge and 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 just lose um lose yourself on on any of these you know so um, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, like it just, it just worries me a lot. You know, like my conversation this morning, just, 
I already was aware that you know, like that, you know, like I, I should be worried, but you know, like I, I got it confirmed this morning. I was like, oh shit, you know, like there's, there's, there's really, um, there's something happening that we really need to be aware of right now. Um, on top of you know, like the pandemic, which which seems weird to say it like that, but um, there's really something else going on. Mm, what do you mean? Exactly. Well, in, in terms of mental health. Exactly. You know, like in in okay. in, in terms of um, people getting um, even myself. You know, like even even and you know, like I was talking to my wife about this. You know, like even even in our, you know, like in, in what we think is a stable, harmonious situation, a couple and family situation. You know, like this weekend, my wife and I had a you know like kind of a straight up conversation about the fact that you know like it it was. It was tough. It was super tough. Wow. You know, and, and, you know, like not that, you know, like that it's, it's not hurting our couple. It's just that it's, it makes us more, um, it, it, it make the, 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 the fuse thinner. Let's say that yes. like that, you know, like so yes. <laughs> it doesn't take much for, any one of us, of both of us, to be kind of, you know, like, you know, like at the end, at the end of our nerves, and you're just like, oh shit, you know, like we, 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 yeah. I mean, anyhow, you know, like so. I wanted to know how you we're doing through all that. Um, as I do every week, um, I want you to bring me to the first chapter, whatever that chapter of your life story begins. You know, like bring me back to um, at your early age. Either through your own substance, con you know, like the first time you had substance contact, or um, maybe it was someone else that you saw using that has impacted your life. And just bring me back there and tell me, you know, like, how, you know, like what happened. Uh, you, you see, I think we can go in two directions because I, I, I didn't really have much experience with substances, but. Um, we we could focus on talking one of the two things. So the first one was my my addiction to masturbation or my depression. You you choose that? you choose Roman. You know, like you're 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 the um, you're the captain of that that conversation. You know, like I, I'm gonna follow along wherever you take me. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk about masturbation. Yep. Okay. So I got addicted. I guess as many as many young boys do around 10 or 11 or 12 years old, where I started to lean on objects and it just felt good. And then I realized that I had this button in my body, which I could, you know, press whenever I wanted and get lots of pleasure, lots of instant gratification, and it felt good. And like in a couple of years, I discovered pornography. And I got really hooked on it. And what happened then is that I started to, to watch it. Not, not too often. But after that, I felt a lot of guilt, a lot of self-disgust. And that, that guilt and self-disgust actually prevented me from creating a healthy relationship. So let's say that was when I was 15 or 16, and I did not establish an intimate relationship in my life until 20. 
So basically I lost four or five years. And as a result of masturbating and this addiction to pornography, I was, I wasn't confident. I was actually very, very shy, extremely shy. Like, I know that was, that was clearly unhealthy. Can, can you so, elaborate Roman on the, you know, like when you say addiction, you know, like, what are we talking about? You know, like, because, you know, like, um, everyone has masturbated, but you know, like how, how would you define or where would be crossing the line on, you know, like a, a healthy habit or, or an, an, an unhealthy habit, you know, like sure you, you describe, you know, like the guilt, which I don't think is too healthy. Um, but at the same time, you know, like, are, are we talking about, um, like, is there like, a, um, is it a, is it a state of mind or we're talking about like, um, quantity, um, what, can you elaborate a bit on that? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a very good question because, you know, the way I think about it is that there are three groups of people who do porn and masturbation. And actually I, I use a study that was done in 2016, which, which created those three groups. The first group is recreational users. These, these are people who watch porn and masturbate occasionally without any detriment to their health or like to their mental health. And they, they might even get, get some positive results in terms of sexuality. The second group is people who are highly distressed because of this habit, but they're non-compulsive. So they, they're not really addicted in the direct sense of this word. But what happens to them is that they feel remorse, guilt, shame and self-disgust after watching porn and masturbating and then this might even lead to sexual dysfunction and the third group are real addicts those are compulsive users so these are the people who watch porn and masturbate mo most among the three groups which leads to sexual avoidance and also potential sexual dysfunction and it also spills into other areas of their life it affects them in a very negative way so i was in the second group i was highly distressed non-compulsive user and so it it, it it becomes you know like because it was non-compulsive it becomes almost like a ceremony like you 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 schedule ahead you know like you know like the the kind of the setup of it all and, and, and all that, or is that what we're talking about? No, but by non-compulsive, I mean that I wasn't really addicted to it. So I did not, not like, I, I mean, I was addicted in some sense, but I did not use it, let's say as an escape as the third group uses it. Yep. Because they they use it as a coping mechanism for their anxiety and depression and they can't really control the urges whereas the second group to which i belonged they can control the urge to some degree but sometimes they can't it's just you know just gets too overwhelming they have this sexual frustration or whatever and then they go to masturbation but that this is not this is not very often like was in my case maybe i masturbated two or three times a week, but because of the self-disgust that I felt, 
it's spilled into other areas of my life as well. And I avoid, I actually avoided sexual contact with real girls. So that was the, the detriment. And you, you, you describe self-disgusting, uh, the self-disgust, um, is it that as well as the shattering of the fantasy? Mm, what kind of fantasy? Well, you know, like porn describes sex as something that is, um, it's it, it almost sometimes looks like a caricature of, you know, like what, what real life sexuality is. And, you know, therefore, you know, like is, is there a shattering of, you know, like the, uh, you know, like a real life healthy sexual um, relation and, and, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And intimacy, exactly. right? You know, like, because, you know, like, it, you know, like pornography, you know, like rarely involves intimacy. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and th that's why. So I would feel self-disgust and then I would. I would have a an unhealthy image of sex in my head, and I would really just avoid relationships. I would avoid relationships because you know maybe sometimes porn seemed better than having a relationship, and definitely so much easier. And um, did that happen because you tried and and it failed, or you just never even tried? Uh, you, you know, Alex, I, I've always been shy, let's say. Uh, since so an introvert, eight, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely an introvert. And, you know, with, with, with years and this addiction to PMO, which is porn, masturbation, and orgasm, PMO, it just, my shyness just was simply exacerbated. And I just got more shy. And I guess because it doesn't, um, real life doesn't respond to some of the cues that pornography brings, you can never um, execute on real life intimacy and sexuality. Exactly, exactly. I did try, but I was usually so scared and so inex inexperienced with girls that they you know, I didn't have any chance. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and at the same time, you know, like everything, you know, like every cliche doesn't relate to real life that you see in those, you know, like in, 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 in pornography. So, True. You, you know, True. like you're not going to pick up a female hitchhiker that's going to end up having sexual relation with, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, like there, there are a lot yes. of cliches, And that's why I'm, I'm, you know, like I was asking about, you know, like kind of the shattering of the fantasy that pornography brings, you know, like if you, if you, you know, like if you, you become a UPS delivery guy, you know, like you won't get a sexual relation because you just delivered a package, you know, like, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, um, I'm guessing that, you know, like there's, there's something about, you know, like the, um, the image that, and the. Yeah, it's a full full fledged fantasy that you know, like pornography can kind of imprint in your brain that doesn't translate in real life. Exactly, you just get a very, very wrong idea of what what intimate relationships are, and you, you actually think that, especially 
because you are normally young mind and you're so susceptible to this this kind of imprints and then you just believe that this this is exactly how it's supposed to happen in real life but then it it actually collides with how it happens in real life and you find yourself just really unable to to be um to behave correctly in those situations because you, you expect one thing but but it doesn't work and you realize that wow i have just a very wrong idea of how it's supposed to be when do you realize that you know like do do you realize that quite early and you know like in 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 that in you know like in in that process mm, you know i had some revelations along the way but it didn't prevent me from actually getting a girlfriend dating her for 4 years then marrying her living with her for 7 years and then finally getting a divorce so only after the divorce i started i decided to stop masturbation cold turkey and it was at, you know like wow okay so bring me back to you know like finding that girl um what how old are you when that happens uh, and and how did your um addiction uh you know like how do you um you know, like kind of, you know, like almost living like a, a double life or, or you, you had, you know, like slowed down on your addiction and, you know, like, so bring me back to meeting that girl. Okay. I met her at when I was 19 and we very slowly built our relationship and actually started to really, really date each other when I was 20 almost 21 so it took us one years to get to that point and uh you know definitely there was a slowdown in the beginning of the relationship i did not want to masturbate at all but the transition was actually difficult the transitioning from masturbation to having real sex you know it was difficult i had some sort of erectile dysfunction a little bit i you know because i i taught my brain to to get aroused by imagery and now i had to <laughs> i had to get aroused by a real girl that was that was something new so yeah there was a slowdown but with time especially two or three years into our, our relationship and when we started to live together i i began to go back to masturbation again because i wanted some newness and this is this was like one of the worst times because the self, the self disgust that I felt, and actually I felt like I, I wasn't being loyal to my girl. So there was a lot of self disgust involved there. And I guess so. It, yeah, well, yeah, it was basically was a sort of double life, as you as you put it. And I guess it brings you back to. Um... As you said, you know, like the self-disgust slows you down on the, you know, like on, on the real life human being intimacy, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it, it really takes away the energy and the love that you can give to your girl. Of course. And um, did, 
did she realize that? Did she know about this? Mm, uh, I don't think she knew that I masturbate. I, I, I had to hide my masturbation from her. We talked a, a little bit about it. I told her that I, I like, I, I would like to introduce masturbation into our sexual sexual relationship in in some way or another. I don't, I don't think there is like a real, a real connection to what I was doing when I watched porn and, and masturbated. Well, let's say at night when she was already asleep. But yeah, basically it was double life and I, I didn't want her to know about it at all. How did this come to kind of that point of um, divorce? It, you know, like, is this, is the, is the addiction responsible for that? Well, not directly. I don't think so. But in an indirect way, yes. I the the main reason for divorce was that I was a workaholic, so I spent too much time away from home, away from my wife and my little son. And yeah, and you know, some of that time actually went not to work but to masturbation. Let's say I was sitting by myself at the office on the weekend, and I was you know jerking off maybe a couple of times during the day. And that, that took a lot of time. And that time I should have spent with my family instead of, you know, wasting it like this. So, yeah, it contributed, but in, in this indirect way. And you mentioned that, you know, like that this was, you know, like that event of the, the separation was kind of an eye opener for you. You know, can, can you describe your state of mind and, you know, like how, how you know, like what, you know, like what happened and, you know, like kind of bring me to, you know, like the environment and how you felt. And, you know, like, cause I, you know, like, I guess that, you know, like self-disgust on top of shame, on top of being pissed at yourself that, you know, you've just destroyed your marriage. Uh, but, you know, like, I want you to describe a bit of, you know, like what happened there. Uh, okay. So I actually, I actually thought that this thing was for life. <laughs> I did not expect that I would get a divorce and maybe that's why I became so complacent. But it sort of came out of the blue because my wife actually filed for divorce and the divorce got final pretty quickly. Um, I felt I felt devastated at that point. And I realized that, well, I, I'm at a point in my life right now where I don't really know what I should do next because I had all this certainty. I had a family, I had a home, and now I lost everything. So yeah, that, that was sort of a turning point and deciding not to masturbate again was one of the one of the important decisions I made back then. What other decisions did you make that you know like for for because I guess you know like you you know, like, as you mentioned, this as not necessarily the main culprit of, you know, like the, the, the dissolution of your marriage, you know, like what else did you see as a, a necessity to look at and to kind of, you know, make better? Yeah, I was, I was terrible at relationships. If I, if I wanted to create a new family, create a new relationship for myself, I had to 
<laughs> go back to square one and learn them. Learn, learn the skills. And um, how did you, you know, like, who, who teaches that? You know, like, how, how do you learn that? Well, first of all, uh, thank, thank God, thanks God, there is so much material available now, more than you can ever, ever get to, to read or to listen to, because, you know, everything is online now. And let's say my, my parents, they did not have the access to this kind of information. So what I did was I just found a couple, a couple of gurus online on YouTube and I listened to them. And then like the second most important thing was that I actually put myself out there and I practiced everything that I learned. <laughs> yeah. So that means that you, you, you learn and you try applying it to your real life, any real life situation that you encounter. Yes, exactly. That's the most important thing because there are so many people who are like, you know, these internal students. They just read, 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 or listen, or learn, but they never apply it, which, which means that they did not actually learn anything because what's the point of learning? And you, you talked about, you know, like right at the beginning of our conversation, you talked about your depression. When did that happen? Mm. Oh, that happened back in 2008 and it was, yeah, it was before, before I got married and it, it resulted when, when my dog died. So I had this dog who actually, this was my wife's dog and I love the dog so much because I, well, I love my wife and I love the time that we, the times that we had together. And I associated that dog with my love to my wife. So when, when we lost the dog, I felt like a huge piece of, of that love, a huge part of my, my life that's been so great until then was gone. And I, I could not accept that. I could not accept that for more than two years. And I, I found myself in mild depression as a result. Would that say that those were, you know, like that depression were as well as other things that happened in your life triggers to your sexual addiction as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just as you ask you now, I, I, I totally remember that at that point, that was probably the peak of my addiction during like, during this last 12, 20 years, because I really, I really was, you know, vulnerable to all these feelings. I remember how I would actually get up at night very, very late when my wife was already sleeping and I would go and download porn and watch it and masturbate and then delete it from the computer, which like even now when I think about it, it makes me shudder. And at the same time, like those are co coping mechanism as alcohol and drugs is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Coping mechanism for depression. Yes. But, you know, like right now I'm, 
I'm blessed to be able to just smile at that behavior because it never helped. It even like it gave me an escape for a couple of minutes because I could, you know, shut off my monkey mind that was constantly telling me you're depressed, you're depressed, you're depressed. Yeah. So I could shut it off for, for a couple of minutes, but then I would feel even worse because on top of feeling depressed because depression would never go away with masturbation. On top of that, I also felt, you know, self-disgust and shame because of masturbating. And so as you decide to, you know, like, um, put a hold on your addiction, you know, like as I have, you know, like I've had very few conversations with people that had, you know, like even less so with sexual addiction, but you know, like, for eating disorder, for example, you know, like for me, this is the most um, complicated and challenging cha issues that someone could have. And the reason being that, you know, like for a healthy life, you know, like you, you, well, actually, like, especially in terms of eating disorder, you know, like you cannot spend your life not eating, you're going to die, right? You know, like, so, so it's, it's a tough, um, it's a tough issue to balance. You know, like the healthy balance of, you know, like for, I would say, you know, like it, it may sound a bit um, rough, but you know, like in, in my situation, like it's easy because, you know, like it's it's pretty much polarized and binary, you know, like, I, it, you know, like for me, it's zero drugs and alcohol. For someone that has an eating disorder, you know, he cannot go to zero. He cannot be abstinent of food, you know, because he, he's going to starve to death. Um in terms of sexuality, you know, like my guess is pretty much the same. You know, like you cannot spend the rest of your life abstinent of sex because, you know, like it's it's part of sexuality is actually part of, of you know, like of life, of, of, of an healthy, balanced life. How do you, um, you know, like how do you come back to and how do you identify a healthy sexual living from that point on? Mm, I would say that I define it as non-compulsive use. So if you want, actually, if you want to watch porn and masturbate, it's okay. As long as you do it, as long as you do it in a non-compulsive way, it's like for recreation, just another type of entertainment such as moving, seeing, watching movies or reading a book. So it's okay. In this sense, it's okay. It's not a big problem, let's say, when you do this once a week and it's not compulsive. And the, like the, another question that you asked is how you actually go from, let's say, from masturbation to being more healthy, right? Yeah. I mean, like for, for me, you know, like I... I the closest correlation I can make to, um, you know, like um, of of substance disorder, is is food, because you know like, you cannot go from a hundred to zero. Um, you know, like sex is an integral part of life. It's an integral part of relationships. It's an integral part of um, an healthy you know, like human being and, and therefore, um, you, you, you cannot go 
like I said, you know, like I, I you know, like I've been, I, you know, like I, I've been going next to 16 years now without one drop of alcohol and one toke of weed and, you know, and one hit of drug. And, you know, like I might, you know, like I'm still alive. Right. You know, like, and, 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 and so, um, it's, it's kind of, you know, like it, it's complete abstinence of drugs and alcohol, but you cannot do that with food or with sex. Well, actually you could do it with sex, but you know, like, it, you know, like if you, if you intend on having a future relationship, it's going to be tough to go without any sexual intimacy. Okay, I got it. And first of all, let me acknowledge you deeply for for your abstinence. I think 16 years is is an immense achievement. I really, really applaud you on that. Thank you. And and truth truth be told, I think it's different from food because you can actually draw a very distinct line between sex and masturbating to porn. Because you can have either very easily. So let's say you stop porn and masturbation, you you know, you destroy this association in your brain, and then you just have sex. This is this is totally possible. But Roman, wouldn't you say that you know like it's possible as well to have compulsive sexual relation with your wife or 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 you know like or husband or and and you know like or you know like your 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 girlfriend or boyfriend that you know like there are similar triggers that could happen even in an intimate relation with another human being and why is it a problem i think it's okay having well what i'm saying is that you know like you know like where you know like you know like and and i'm i'm just asking you know like that that yeah um has you know, like you, you, what you mentioned about, you know, like escaping the reality, um, compulsing on, on pornography and, you know, like kind of, you know, like um, just again, you know, like it's just an escape. You know, like this yes. can happen as well in in an in intimate relation with another human being. And therefore, you know, like w isn't it about um, identifying it, – it is more about identifying the triggers in your brain than it is about the situation in which you're in, either by white, you know, like as you mentioned, you know, like it's, you know, like recreational watching of pornography online. It could be something that's that could be healthy, um, meaning that you know, like if if you don't, um, you know, like if you don't consume it in a compulsive way, um, but at the same time, you know, like even in an in intimate relation. There could be the same, the similar triggers of compulsion and escaping, even if it's you know like having sex with another human being. Yeah, there could be, and I, I don't, I don't think that, you know, for some people this might be a problem, and of course you want to, and like what you're saying is this: let's say I have depression, and I might use sex as a coping mechanism, right? Yep. Okay. In the same way, I could use so many other coping mechanisms, Absolutely. alcohol, alcohol, food, or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. We need to actually 
deal with the the core problem first. That's the ideal way. Yeah, that's why I I sometimes struggle with my clients who come to me and tell me, you know, help me, help me to stop porn and masturbation. And always when we start digging, the reason why they they pour, they do porn and masturbation is because they want a relationship. I mean, they they lack a relationship in their life. So when we fix not having a relationship, we create a relationship for them. Porn and masturbation dissolve automatically, you know? So yeah, you, of course you're right. And, and at the same time, you know, like the, uh, my guess is that, you know, like um, a sexual disorder can also be in a, in, in, in a, in a relation where, where either a male or female wants to have um, compulsive sex with his, his, his other half despite desires of that other half. Mm, yeah, yeah, we could definitely say that. You know, meaning that you know, like it's all like you said. You know, like it's all about you know the root causes of those compulsions. That's that's maybe the the highest priority to identify, because either by browsing porn websites or having, let's say, quote unquote, too much too much sex with your wife, <laughs> could be a problem hmm. as well. Right. And you know, like that's that's why I'm that's why I'm saying you know, like it's it's um, you know, like that that's what intrigues me about you know, like the, you know, like sexual addiction is that you know, like even in a, in a, men to woman or or men to men or whatever you know, like in in a relation, sexual disorder can be and you know, like it's it's all about the compulsion of it. You know, like if I have you know, like if, if you know, like I'm. I'm I could take, you know, like a, a easy example, you know, like I have bad news at work or whatever, you know, like in my life and I, I compulsively want to have sex with my wife because I want to escape that bad news. This is not, it, it's not better than watching porn and masturbate over it. Pretty much. Yeah. It's just another bad habit that you use. Exactly. Yeah, it's another bad coping mechanism, you know. So, yes. wow. And and how did you um, how did you find you know like you know like what made you want to help others about that? You, you know, it was it it was sort of natural because I, I shared my story. On YouTube, and then my video got pretty popular, and people started to. I, I was already a life coach at that point, and people started to ask me for help, and I started helping them. And how did did it work? You know, like you 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 just do private coaching around that. Exactly. Yeah, it's private. It's private, and. Normally, I take I take my clients through six sessions. I create a blueprint for for dis destroying this habit, and from them on, they can either continue with my coaching so that I keep supporting them on this journey, or they can go by themselves. And what would you say? You know, like you know, because it. it would would you identify this like at, at 
like an early age trauma or early age um, kind of, you know, like either um, by copycatting something or, you know, like kind of imitating something that you saw. Would you say, you know, like there's like a um, a common theme about, you know, like where does that come from in terms of, you know, like uh, the, the, the root cause of it all? The root cause is just getting addicted in at a very young age because you realize that this is this is a very easy way to get pleasure, very easy and very accessible way. Unlike, let's say, alcohol, because you need to buy it, right? You need to buy it and consume it, and it's, it's, it's way more difficult. Whereas yeah. porn is is very accessible, and then very quickly it rewires your brain to you know like that easy instant gratification and that's why it, it quickly becomes an addiction and you know like one of the last question i got for you is you know like how can you how would you say to anyone that's asking himself you know like the question you know like do i have a problem you know like what would be the questions that someone needs to ask himself to identify if he has a problem Okay, so I would focus on two questions. Do you feel that your energy is depleted right after masturbating and or during a couple of days after it? And the second question is, do you feel remorse, guilt, shame, or self-disgust after it? If the answers are yes, this might be a problem and you might want to experiment with abstinence. Hmm. It's quite a fascinating subject matter to be quite honest, Roman. You know, like I, I, I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. You know, like I, 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 I think it's going to make a lot of people question themselves and, you know, I like kind of, you know, like just, pinpointing at least open a door on the reflection that you can you can have about you know like our relation to sexuality which is pretty much it you know like you know like it's our own um as we do you know like um our relation with food our relation with alcohol our relation with drugs our relation with the others you know like i'm thinking about like people that have like um um addiction to emotions and you know like all that kind of stuff you know like for me sexuality is is you know like maybe we 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 don't ask ourselves enough question around our relation with sexuality and so that's an interesting quite a fascinating subject matter you brought to the table tonight my pleasure the last question i got for you roman um where can people find you uh, yeah, thank you for, for letting me share this. And the best place is my website, which is romanmiranov.com, spelled as R-O-M-A-N-M-I-R-O-N-O-V. And uh, hit the contact tab. Ask, you know, request a free coaching session with me. And if you if you tell me that you're coming off Alex's podcast, I'll be happy to give you a thirty percent discount. Awesome, that's awesome. 
thanks a lot for your time, Roman. Really appreciate it. It was um, it was a, uh, it was great. You know, like I, I, I sometimes, you know, like people just uh, take me a bit out of my comfort space, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you yeah. just Thanks did. Me it is, you know, like it is quite a taboo to be quite honest. It is quite something that you know, like people don't talk a lot. Um, especially in such a casual way in, you know, like in, in the way that you just described it for the past hour. Um, and you know, like for me, it's, you know, like it, it, it has to be addressed. It has to be talked about. And, um, I'm, I'm thankful for your presence at the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been a privilege and a huge pleasure because your questions were, were so insightful and you were listening to what I was saying so, so deeply. I appreciate that. It's a pleasure, my friend, you know, like, uh, and I encourage everyone if you know, like they do, uh, have questions and they do, um, either worry or just, you know, like are curious, you know, like to visit your website and to, uh, and to reach out to you and, you know, like, uh, it's, um, it has been a privilege to have you on Roman. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Likewise. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.